You're listening to Breaking Boundaries in Breast Cancer, sponsored by Lilly. Coming to you from the American Society of Clinical Oncology's annual meeting, this is Breaking Boundaries in Breast Cancer on ReachMD, and I'm Mario Nasinovich. Joining me to share insights on a new study investigating combination therapies for metastatic breast cancer is Dr. Sarah Tulaney, breast medical oncologist at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute and assistant professor of medicine at the Harvard Medical School. Dr. Tulaney is the principal investigator of a Phase 1B study presented at this year's ASCO conference. Dr. Tulaney, welcome to you. Thank you so much for having me. To start, let's get a better scope of triple negative breast cancer within the spectrum of breast cancer types. What should we know or keep in mind regarding this form of breast cancer? So we know that triple negative breast cancer comprises about 15 to 20% of all breast cancer. And unfortunately, survival for patients with metastatic triple negative disease has been more limited than in other subtypes of disease. And so it really has been the focus of development of multiple new therapies um, to try and really improve outcomes for these patients. What's the therapeutic landscape been like to date for triple negative breast cancers? So currently, we do have the availability of immunotherapy for patients with metastatic triple negative disease that is PDL1 positive. And this data really came out of the Impassion 130 trial that had demonstrated that adding atezolizumab, which is a PDL1 antibody, to NAB paclitaxel in the first line setting for metastatic triple negative disease improved overall survival for these patients. So currently, it really is a standard for patients who have PDL1 positive triple negative disease to administer NAB, paclitaxel, and atezolizumab. And it does leave about 40% of patients, though, who have PDL1 negative disease that do not have the availability of immunotherapy. And the mainstay of treatment for these patients to date has really been chemotherapy. We did also recently get an FDA approval for a novel antibody drug conjugate called sasituzumab govitecan, also known as ME132, for treatment in the third line and beyond setting of metastatic triple negative disease. And this too represents a breakthrough um, in treatment options for our patients. So with that background in mind, let's dive into your study. First, what gaps in understanding were you and your colleagues looking to close? So while we know that immunotherapy has activity in the first line PDL1 positive subgroup of patients, I think one challenge has been that our current FDA approval is only in combination with NAB paclitaxel. And one challenge is that patients can recur soon after adjuvant taxane therapy, making utilization of taxane as a chemotherapy option in this population not really an ideal chemo backbone. So I think we were interested in trying to explore immunotherapy combinations with alternative chemotherapy backbones. And I think another challenge has been as our data for chemotherapy with immunotherapy really is only in the first line metastatic space. And there's very limited data on activity of chemo with immunotherapy outside of the first line space. So our study was really geared at trying to assess the safety and tolerability for aribulin with pembrolizumab and to also ascertain its efficacy not only in the first-line setting, but uniquely also in the second through third-line setting for metastatic triple negative disease. How did you design the study, and were there any surprises along the way as the study got underway? So the trial, um, also known as ENHANCE-1, is a single-arm phase 1b-2 trial. 
So the trial was designed to enroll patients with metastatic triple negative disease that had received zero to two prior lines of chemotherapy in the advanced disease setting and initially enrolled patients into a phase 1B portion of the trial to assess the safety of the combination of aribulin with pembrolizumab. And then after determining safety, went on to enroll 160 patients into a single arm phase 2 study. The phase 2 trial had two different strata. The first strata was for patients who had not received any prior systemic therapy in the metastatic setting, so really a first-line trial whereas the second strata was for patients who had received one or two prior lines of systemic therapy for advanced disease. So we were really, therefore, able to better understand activity not only in the first-line setting, but also in the second and third-line setting. And what we found was that the combination was safe and tolerable. So um, the phase 1B established the recommended phase 2 dose as the standard dosing of aribulin and the standard dosing of pembrolizumab and with no new toxicity signals that were identified. Um, and then when we went on to enroll patients into the phase 2 portion of the trial, um, what we found was that the objective response rate in the overall trial was about 23%. And then when we looked at activity in stratum one, so that would be the first-line patients, the objective response rate was 26%, whereas in stratum two, again, the second and third-line patients, the objective response rate was about 22%. I do think, though, that was what was particularly interesting that did come out from this study was looking at overall survival, both within stratum one and stratum two, and looking at it by pdl one status. And so what we found was that those patients in stratum 1 who had pdl one positive disease had an overall survival of around 21 months compared to about 15 months for patients with pdl one negative disease. So clearly a, a numerical increase in survival um, for patients with pdl one positive disease. Whereas in stratum 2, the overall survival was similar for pdl one positive and pdl one negative patients. So 14 months in the PDL1 positive population and 15 months in the PDL1 negative population. For those just joining us, this is Breaking Boundaries in Breast Cancer on ReachMD. I'm Mario Nasinovich, and today I'm speaking with Dr. Sarah Tolany about the aribulin and pembrolizumab breast cancer study she is reviewing at ASCO this year. We've discussed some of the findings, Dr. Tolany. Uh, how do they compare uh, or add to what's currently known, and what can you tell us? I think one differentiating factor from the data that comes out from Enhance One is that it uniquely shows activity of chemotherapy with immunotherapy also in a second and third line setting, whereas to date we've really had very limited data um, for evaluating the combination of chemo with immunotherapy outside of the first line setting. And I think it's also very exciting to see that the efficacy, while not in a randomized trial, but does seem to have better activity than we would see for historical control data for either aribulin or pembrolizumab. And looking ahead, what are the next steps and timelines for keeping this momentum going for advancing new treatment approaches for triple negative breast cancer? I think, you know, in the overall development plans for triple negative disease, 
you know, I think there's interest in certainly trying to improve outcomes even more for patients with PDL1 positive triple negative disease, um, as well as for PDL1 negative triple negative disease. So there are ongoing studies looking at novel combinations, such as adding AKT inhibition to chemotherapy with immunotherapy in the first line setting. And there are also studies that are being designed to look at approaches for patients after progression on immunotherapy, where this also remains an unmet medical need. Before we wrap up, let's consider this year's ASCO as a whole. Within the breast cancer arena, what are you particularly excited about for making new headway in our current understandings or approaches towards this disease? I think as we continue to learn more about breast cancer, we're learning how we can continue to personalize care for our patients with breast cancer. So we will see data at ASCO that um, has emerged looking at Keynote 355, so a study looking at alternative chemotherapy combinations with pembrolizumab. Um, So that trial looked at either paclitaxel, nabpaclitaxel, or carboplatin and gypsidabine, and uniquely showed efficacy in um, a PD-L1 positive subgroup with PD-L1 positivity being defined differently than we traditionally have with atezolizumab. So this testing utilizes a a different antibody, the 22C3 antibody. And so I think, you know, along those lines, we're continuing to see new ways to try and better stratify our patients and to better have biomarker predictors of benefit for for novel therapies. And so while PD-L1 is certainly emerging as a biomarker predictor for immunotherapy, I think we have multiple other novel agents that are you know, emerging. We've seen data for alpalisib for PIK3CA mutant patients. We're getting more data about SIRDs and for both ESR wild type and ESR mutant patients. We're getting novel antibody drug conjugates that seem to work um, in patients with HER2 positive and HER2 low positive disease, um, as well as patients um, with TROPE2 expression. So I think we're going to continue to see therapies develop that will allow us to personalize care for our patients over time. I want to thank you for taking the time to speak with us about your findings in this fascinating study, Dr. Delaney. It was great having you on the program. Thank you so much. The preceding program was sponsored by Lilly. Content for this series is produced and controlled by ReachMD. This series is intended for healthcare professionals only. To revisit any part of this discussion and to access other episodes in this series, visit ReachMD.com. Thank you for listening. ReachMD, be part of the knowledge.